0: nature mine that were a present far too small love so amazing so divine demands my soul my life my all your Bibles if you would and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25 and uh, we are going to try, we've been finishing series up here We on Thursday nights, we went through church history for about the last uh, 13, 14 weeks and, uh, and uh, we have tried to summarize that and And uh, finish that up, and and we've been going through the parables of Christ on Sunday nights. The parables of the kingdom, actually, are the ones that we have um, centered on. We have three uh, parables left, and uh, if it's possible, we're going to try to uh, go through those last three parables. They're all uh, interrelated. The first parable here is the parable... Of the ten virgins, and uh, we start in chapter 25, verse 1. It says, "Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their lamp in their vessels with their lamps." While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves." And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with them to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now here's Jesus' parable. He's teaching. This is Passover week. Uh, these are some of the last parables that Jesus was teaching and explaining, and he here is giving us a story about the kingdom of heaven is like unto these ten virgins that were waiting at the wedding feast. Now, we think of a wedding as you go to the church, you have the service, and then you either at the church or at a different place have a reception and, and all of this. Well, the in, in these days, the synagogue was a place that was solely for the study of the scripture. You did not have social events at the synagogue. Uh, weddings were most often held in the home. And it was quite an elaborate thing. The wedding feast would often go three or four, sometimes even seven days, depending on the wealth of the family. And the interesting thing was there would be the engagement, the espousal period. If you remember, Joseph was engaged or espoused to marry his wife. That period could last anywhere from a year to five years because that was where the families came together, the marriage was made. When you were engaged in those days, in order to break an engagement, or an espousal, as we would say, you had to get a divorce. It was a very serious thing, and the the groom and the a, and the bride were in all cases married, except for the fact that they did not live together. And uh, what made it fun was, as the bride, as the groom was getting everything finished, he would give little hints. And he would say, you know, wedding day's coming soon. But the bride did not know the day of her own wedding. It was a secret. It was up to the groom and him alone. And so the word would be passed along, today's the day, today's the day. And they would all get ready. And different friends of the family would would literally just camp out or hide in different places and normally at night the, the groom would give the call throughout the, the little village there and everyone would come out and join the procession as he would walk from his house to her house and pick her up and take her home with him and, and that was part of the wedding ceremony. Sounds like something that's going to be happening, doesn't it? The bride does not know the day the king comes, does he? Does she? And we're waiting for the call to come in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump. He's going to call us. Now, these ten virgins here were part of the wedding procession. It says five were wise and five were foolish. The wise had taken extra oil in their lamps. The unwise had just what was in the lamp. Now, something happened. I don't know, maybe he needed to put a new picture on the wall or fix an electrical outlet. Of course, they didn't have those back then, but uh, something and and these 10 were waiting for the procession and they all fell asleep. And in the middle of the night at midnight, the cry came forth And everybody woke up and they got all ready to go in the parade. And they looked down and their lamps had burned out. And they said, give us some of your oil. They said, we can't give you any of our oil because if we give you what we have, then all of our lamps are going to go out and there won't be any light for the procession. We have just enough oil for us. You go get your own oil. You say, boy, that's mean, isn't it? Well, again, this is a picture of entrance entrance into the Kingdom of Heaven. You cannot share your salvation with somebody else. There won't be enough for you and for them. You have to get your own. Oil is often a picture of the Holy Spirit in the Scripture. You get the Holy Spirit when you get saved. And no, you don't have to jump up and down and make all kinds of noise. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That we know that we received the Holy Spirit through the testimony of the Scripture. And there's a lot of people that are interested in God. I mean, I don't know if we've ever lived in a time period where so many people are interested in God. They talk about Him all the time, don't they? Every time something goes wrong. Oh, my God. They blame God for everything, don't they? And yet, if you were to pick ten people walking down the street Do you believe in God? Oh, yes, I believe in God. Do you believe you're going to heaven when you die? Oh, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. Almost everybody. Every once in a while you'll meet a smart aleck and he'll say, I'm going to hell. Say, yeah, you probably are. Would you like to change that? It's, it's, It's sad, but most people, most people think they're going to heaven, don't they? But when the call is given... That's when we're going to find out whether there's oil in the lamps. There won't be time to go and buy any more. God's given you one life. The preparation must be made now. And you'll have what you need when the call comes from the bridegroom. If you have not made preparation, you say, well, how can I know? Well, the Bible says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It's that simple. It's not some complicated thing. I do not keep my salvation by doing good works because Jesus did all that was necessary on the cross. I do good works because I am free from trying to be good enough to live for him. And when the bridegroom comes, I'll be ready. If you're waiting for the trumpet to go get ready, It'll be too late. Uh, Somebody wrote a track several years ago. I don't know why he did this. Uh, It's called a tribulation map. And and he tries to explain to you that uh, if you uh, have heard the gospel and missed out on the gospel message and Jesus came back and the rapture has taken place, uh, that uh, you'd better do what this little tract says, because this is your only chance of getting to heaven. Now, the Bible's pretty clear. If you've heard the gospel message and rejected it, when Antichrist shows up, it says he will send them strong delusion that they shall believe the lie. You've got time to make the decision now. Don't have hope that I'll live my way until the tribulation gets here, and then I'll get serious about serving God. That's, that's just another one of those ploys to distract you. There are no signs that need to be fulfilled before Jesus comes back. Paul said, we which are alive and remain. He expected Jesus to return in his lifetime. Uh, by the way, Polycarp expected Jesus to return in his lifetime, about 150 years after the apostle Paul Wrote those words. And, uh, we even had some crazy people in the Middle Ages that believed Jesus was coming back. We've read their, their things and covered that in church history. In fact, God's people have always believed that Jesus is coming back because that's what the Bible says. Amen? And so, uh, we, we wait for him to come back. That the five wise, they were prepared. They had everything they needed. The unwise, well, we'll make it. It's not going to be that long. Ever. Uh, I don't know if anybody has ever heard this silly, stupid song, but it's, uh, uh, this old house needs, uh, oh, I can't remember the words. You remember this old house? And it said, uh, the, win- the roof's leaking and the windows are broken. But Jesus is coming back, so I'm not going to worry about it. Don't do that to your family. Amen? Don't do that to the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's not a good testimony. You better be ready. Amen? And that's what the parable of the virgins is talking about. The next one is, we're going to try to get through the next two, and, and I think we've got enough time if we keep moving, but these parables are very similar, yet very different. In Matthew 25, we have the parable of the talents. And in Luke chapter 19, we have the parable of the pounds. Now, I want to just give you the similarities very quickly, okay? In the similarities, we have the nobleman going to receive a kingdom, and he calls in his servants, in the one parable he gives them talents, in the other parable he gives them pounds, and then he comes back and he requires of his servants what they have uh, what they have done with what he has given them and uh, in the uh, in the first. Uh, Let's just go through this one here, starting in verse 14. And uh, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Unto one gave he five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according as his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them. Five other other five talents. Likewise, he that received two, he also gained the other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Now, how many of you just read verse 21? Because I was reading verse 23. I like to do that. Now, let's read on. He also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, now you read verse 23, I'm going to read verse 21 this time. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. It's the exact same uh, reward that these two different uh, Levels got. Um, and then we come to this last guy, and he's going to be critical of the Lord. Can you imagine that? Look what it says. Then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not straw. "...Strawled, and I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine." His Lord answered and said unto him, "...Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents, for unto every one that hath shall be given." And he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this parable here, of course, the noble man is Christ. The servants are those entering the kingdom. The ones who are saved will produce fruit And they will be rewarded. Those who have done nothing, even that which they seem to have, actually I'm quoting from Luke now, will be taken away from them. There will be no excuses here. And as we look at this one, the the main theme of this parable is the rewards for serving Christ. That's what he is trying to help us understand. God is not going to give you more than you can handle. Just because you're not a a pastor or you're not a missionary or you're not some great person in the service of the Lord does not mean that you're going to miss out on the rewards on Judgment Day The goal was being faithful, was taking what God gave you. The guy that had two brought two more. Guess what? He got the same reward as the guy that had five and brought five more. When you take what God gives you and serve Him faithfully, that's what the rewards are. And part of, I'm sure Brother Thompson's going to be addressing this in the missions conference this week. And, And. You know, we can't all go to the mission field. Every time a missionary comes in, there's just part of me that wants to go there. But I can't because I belong here. Amen? And we've gone through this many times. What kind of church would I pastor if nobody came to the services? What would we do if nobody gave? What kind of prayer meeting would we have if no one showed up? What kind of church would we have if we were only Christians on Sunday morning and never any other time? You see, each of us are essential in serving Christ. And that's what this parable is talking about here. God will judge you as you are faithful with what He has given you. Do not waste your Christianity hoping to be something that you are not nor cannot be. Take what God has given you and serve Him with it. Amen? That's what this parable is talking about. Now let's turn over to Luke chapter 19. And we're going to see just a lot of the same ideals here, a lot of the same... Uh, things we're going to start in verse 11, but it's going to have a different, a different direction here. And as they heard these things, verse 11 of Luke chapter 19, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem, and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Right there is the key before he opens the parable. He says, the writer here, Luke, tells us that this parable was given because people thought that the kingdom of God was coming immediately. Verse 12, he said, Therefore a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him. We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to me given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, Have thou authority over ten cities? And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up, thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down and reaping that I did not sow. wherefore then gavest not thou my uh, wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury, and he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that hath ten pounds, and they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds, for I say unto you that every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that which he hath, shall be taken away from him. But those mine enemies, which would not, that I should reign over them, bring them here, and slay them before me. Now, as we see, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a whole lot more differences there our similarities between these two parables. In the other parable... The the talents were given to the servants according to their ability. In this parable, every one of the servants, regardless of their ability, received the exact same thing. There were differing amounts of profit that were brought in, uh, not only percentage-wise, but uh, the one guy had... Ten times what he had, another guy had five times, and of course we have the loser there with just one. He, he had what belonged to the Lord and he brought it back. Now, I believe that the Lord is trying to help us understand that the kingdom of God should not immediately appear. We all have the same gift. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That's 1 Peter 4, verse 10. The gift is salvation. We all have a relationship with God. The question is, what are you going to do with that relationship that God has given you? And in this story we find that they are rewarded according to their service. The more service that was there, the more reward that is given. And the fellow that had nothing, uh, just took what God gave him and did not do anything with it, he lost what was given to him. If you understand what salvation is and you want to just keep it to yourself and not tell another soul you don't understand what salvation is I mean if we wanted to put it there all the I don't believe we should get too nervous about things but you know all the news reports this avian flu if it would mutate to where it would be transmissible from human to human and literally they they you know they've had uh... if you remember in nineteen eighteen when our soldiers came home from world war one they brought a flu back from europe and, uh... i don't know what the exact number was but it was way over hundred thousand people in nineteen eighteen died and someone went back and re-examined them, and that was a strain of a bird flu very similar to this one it's just that this one is locked into the birds right now It can't get to the humans uh... unless you're playing with infected birds and not washing your hands. But um, I don't know that we should get all, all nervous about all of those things. But if you had the cure that would save tens of thousands of lives and you locked it up in your safety deposit box and didn't tell anybody about it, would you not be rightfully accused of murder? Hmm. And yet we go through life with the only escape from the fires of hell which is the love of Jesus Christ and we don't share it with the people we meet. That's serious, my friend. We we we. That's what this parable's talking about. Because we don't know when the king's coming back. It's going to be a while. We'd better take what he's given us, and use it. That's what Paul was saying in Philippians chapter two when he says, "Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling." He's not saying let's make a deal and figure out uh, barter with God about your salvation. You're supposed to take the salvation that Jesus paid for on the cross and live it. Amen. Work it out of your life. Take that pound, that salvation that God has given you, and invest it for the cause of the kingdom. Guess what? Missions conference is coming up. What are you going to do with your pound? You know I was going there somewhere. We're going to talk about that missions conference because it's important, amen? It's one of the ways that we take the little that God has given us and invest it back into the kingdom of God. And Jesus is coming, and he will reign over this earth. I can't wait. You know what? There aren't going to be any Republicans when Jesus reigns over this world. Amen? There aren't going to be any Democrats either. Yes! I'm sorry. I mean, I I get so sick of politics. How about you? And even sicker politicians you want an oxymoron a Christian politician you know what an oxymoron is that's that's uh, something uh, that sounds good but cannot be true and uh, there's no way you can really truly be honest with this Bible and in everything it says and be a politician because the key to politics is compromise this book ain't for sale, amen and we just need serve the Lord we need to take what he has given us and invest it because we're all going to stand before the Lord and if you try to tell God well I had your salvation but I just kept it all hidden it was mine I, I knew I had it, but I wasn't going to share it with anybody else. Hey, Let me tell you something, you don't have it. That's what this parable is talking about. If you got God's salvation, it's going to change you. You're going to share it with somebody else. You say, but I can't get victory over the problems in my life. Welcome to humanity, amen? None of us can get victory without Jesus Christ giving it to us. That's what it's all about. So you take that pound and you put it to work for the Master. And when He comes back, and He will, we just don't know when, then He's going to take an accounting of us. That's what we'll be doing in heaven during the tribulation here on earth. It's all going to be done because Revelation chapter 19 the bride is following Jesus and the clothing of the bride is the righteousness of the Saints those are the rewards then Jesus is gonna set up his kingdom I don't know if he's gonna say be thou ruler over ten cities. Be thou ruler over five cities. Be thou ruler over the garbage dump out behind this city. Uh, I don't know what, how that all is going to be put together, but we're going to be rewarded according to our service here. Entrance to the kingdom. The parable of the talents. You be faithful for what, the, what God has given you. He will give you according to your ability. the timing and the judgment and the rewards of the kingdom are going to be based upon your service. Uh, I like the way Brother Clayton put it one time. He said, you will enjoy heaven in a direct proportion to the joy that you have in serving Christ here on earth. Interesting thought. Interesting way to put it. if serving Christ is a struggle eternity is an awful long time that better be your first joy amen and if you think you you invest everything you have in serving Christ here heaven is going to be just that times a gazillion amen because we'll be able to serve Christ without our sin nature without the old tempter to bother us and accuse us of all the things and remind us of how weak and sinful we are. You get enjoying in serving Him here. And uh, you're going to really enjoy serving Him there. Battery dying. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time tonight. We ask you to do your work in each heart and life. And Lord, as we take just a few moments for a brief invitation, we ask that not a one of us would withhold our hearts and our lives from serving you. We ask that you would challenge us to be faithful this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, let's just keep our heads bowed. And if you need to just step out and spend a few moments with the Lord at an altar, we have them right up here, a special place dedicated to where you can get your heart right with the Lord's. And if you'd like to do that, we'll take just a moment While we're praying, we'll have the children dismissed for the king's kids. So if you're with that, and you'd like to go. And all God's people said. Amen. And we're finished with the, the teaching part of our service. Now we'll have a short prayer meeting here. And uh, grab your list. I think Brother Ted's got copies. If anybody needs one, uh, wave your hand there and he'll uh, pass those out. And uh, please be in special prayer about our missions conference. Uh, one thing I can almost promise you uh is we will never have 100% uh, involvement in our missionary program of the church. But don't you be the missing percentage points. Amen? Uh, And again, remember, God is not requiring what you do not have. You say, I can't give uh, uh, $100 a week to missions. Well, that's a lot of money. Most of us cannot do that. But when we do what God wants us to do, let me tell you, that's when God steps in and multiplies the effort and makes it work. Pray for the missions conference, if you would. And uh, uh, pray pray for the other church ministries. Uh, pray for our president and our leadership. Uh, pray for that November election. It's coming up. It's going to mean a whole lot for this city Depending on what happens And uh, uh, as a church uh, We cannot endorse Nor do we have any desire to endorse A political candidate as a church Uh, But uh, the choice I mean uh, You could park the state I was thinking you could park the Grand Canyon Between these two candidates But I I think you could get the state of Arizona in there Uh, I mean There is a huge huge difference in ability and leadership between the two candidates that are running this this year for mayor and um, you, you just need to pay attention and, and neither one of them neither candidate uh, is a proponent of biblical morality or the truth of the Bible neither one so, what we have to do as as Christians and citizens of this country is you gotta vote vote for the best rat amen uh because you want the guy that's going to do the least amount of damage and uh if you have any questions about that, see me after and i'll I'll give you a, a whole list of reasons uh as to where you vote you know i'm a i'm my my hobby is politics, and so uh we'll uh uh, do that there but uh you you really if you're a citizen of this country and you don't vote Thursday, uh next uh tuesday september uh, november eighth it's coming up uh shame on you uh you you need to vote and uh it, it's it's important i i work for the board of elections you know that less uh in this in this uh Democratic primary, less than 10% of the registered voters decided who the Democratic candidate was going to be. Now, that's really fortunate if you're not a Democrat, and, but that's really sad. And a huge turnout in a citywide election like it's coming up in two weeks is 25% of the registered voters. And you want to know why things are so bad in America and why these rotten politicians are are elected. That's why, because people are just not involved. You need to pray about that, and you need to be there. Pray for our missionaries. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Just so anybody, uh, Brother McKay, one of our home missionaries in in, uh, Washington State, uh, was able to get the financing for his building We supported him for about 18 uh, months uh, no, Almost two years As he was trying to go into an old church That was literally dying And just about to close up And he's got that thing turned around and moved And I talked to him uh, several weeks ago And he said, Brother Montoro We do not need your support anymore uh, And so we've taken him off the list And that's a praise uh, he's uh, the church is paying all of its own bills now it doesn't need any extra help and uh, that is something to praise the Lord about and uh keep our other prayers here other missionaries here in prayer and we'd like to add some of these families at least to our our missionary support but uh, we will not do that unless we have uh, the wherewithal our our church has to uh, uh Make sure that we're honest with the missionaries. They go out in the field halfway around the world, and all of a sudden it stops coming. Uh, they're in trouble. They they can't just get back on a plane and come back and say, where's your money that you promised me? I was depending on that. So we have we need to, to take care of that. And then, of course, many here under health. And uh, if you um, uh, uh, right there in the middle, uh, Desiree, Uh, That's uh, Ann's uh, daughter. Uh, She's just having a real rough time, if you'd pray for her. And um, let me see if there's anybody else. Um, And uh, if you have put someone on the list uh, that uh, doesn't really need to be on here, let me know and we'll take them off. And... um, Pray for unsaved families, and we still have some that are looking for job positions. Pray for them, and unspoken requests, anything that did not get added to the list. Uh, fill out one of those little green cards, drop it in the offering plate Sunday morning. I look for those Sunday afternoons so we can keep this updated. And uh, that's the simplest way to do that, if you would. All right, then let's break up and pray. And when we're done, we'll pray together and be dismissed.